It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is April 17, 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. Well, thank you, Bill. Bill always has some good news articles. Today you have some really good articles, Bill. Uh, why don't you we, we jump into that and something to do with uh, Wisconsin turning on a green light for veterans, or more or less um, um, an alert. Is that correct? Absolutely. And it's always good to get uh, uh, good news out of the state of Wisconsin, Gary, because we can uh, you know connect you with that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, Gary, this is, uh, this is a rather unique uh, uh, thing that has occurred in, uh, in, in the state of Wisconsin. It's, it's the first state to establish what is called green alerts for vulnerable veterans. Now, the, uh, the, uh, the green alerts, uh, it's uh, basically to find... Uh, help find veterans who might be in need of assistance. It was created by the governor, Scott Walker, this past week and signed in the legislation creating the program which would use public alerts for veterans who might be in distress. And um, these alerts are similar to uh, amber and silver alerts that you probably see on major highways, the interstates, uh, which uh, alerts uh, current issues for missing children and older adults, respectively. So uh, uh, that that's very important. But here specifically, uh, there's a state senator there in, in Wisconsin, uh, Latanya Johnson. Uh, she co-authored a bill uh, with one of the uh, members of the House of Re- Representatives uh, which came about by the death of an Air Force veteran, Corey Adams, who was found dead after he was missing for 18 days. Wow. And his sister uh, contacted the lo- local TV station that her family already had been in contact with groups in Wisconsin who wanted to implement such a program in their states. So, uh Gary, I, I, I think that that is something uh, that can be done across the country. It doesn't create any additional money for states to do something like that, and it's a fitting way to make sure that uh, if uh, veterans who have served the country or even active-duty folks may be in farm, harm's way, especially through no fault of their own, it's a way to bring that to the attention and be on the alert for them, just like uh, we do this for the, uh, the uh, missing uh, children's uh, alerts. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm, that's that's 
That, that is really different. I think uh, uh, every organization that uh, cares about our vets should be signing up and get gets some type of a green light that, uh, right on their site uh, that, that uh, I guess it's going to have an amber light and, and uh, whatever other colors they might have. But it's helping, by joining us all together to help find somebody, which is fantastic. Well, absolutely, Gary. And as you've seen along the interstates, with the marquee uh, as you're going, traveling along the interstate, uh, you know, uh, if they're looking uh, for a vehicle, they have the license plate number or a missing child, the name is miss, uh, uh, mentioned there. And, and in all probability, someone who's, uh, you know, uh, out on the interstate at that time or a highway might see something like that and recognize the person and may have been in recent contact with him and says, gee, you know, I didn't know uh, there was an issue there, and that's how that, that can be extremely helpful. Yeah, it's like the scene. Uh, what is it? The where they have the seniors. Um, they're also looking for seniors that are missing. Absolutely. So why not include our veterans and our That's active right. duty folks? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's fantastic, Bill. Yeah. All right. We we have another uh, news article about the VA is actually ruling to help chronic pain. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that, Bill. Well, Gary, this is, again, uh, where we have an opportunity to talk about uh, the, 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 the lack of information in the veterans community and how it can be so important to us. This is a, a ruling by the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. And uh, obviously, it was a ruling that the VA had made that the uh, the court uh, reversed. And it says, court rules chronic pain is a VA disability. So, um, and, and, and that, you know, the thinking is that this may have a major effect uh, and impact on many veterans' disability claims. Now, this came about as a result of a, a woman veteran who had served in the Gulf War. Melba Saunders is her name. And she served from the, uh, uh, November 1987 until October 1994. And she suffered from chronic uh, 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 knee pain as a result of an injury uh, while she was on active duty. So she was in, the, in service at the time. And uh, she filed a disability claim after leaving the military, and the claim was denied. And uh, the VA, in, uh, in its way of doing things, and I say sometime in its infinite wisdom, is that the VA uh, said uh, uh, Ms. Saunders, had no real disability. There was no injury that qualified her for compensation uh, to, uh, and, and it was not a dis- disability. So she files a, a, uh, an appeal to that, and the court went right to the heart of the situation, Gary, to the law, which is 38 U.S.C., the United States Code, subsection 1110 that says that the VA shall award compensation benefits for disability resulting from personal injury 
in the line of duty. Mm. So this was in the line of duty. And the VA was saying that uh, 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 knee pain or pain in general by itself is, uh, is not a disabling injury. But if it was something that occurred, and naturally, you know, if the evidence is there, as we talked earlier about uh, being able to determine that on a particular day or some days that you weren't able to serve because you had an injury and it resulted in pain, this now can be considered to be a disabling situation and compensated by filing a claim. So, uh... So what does this mean to, to our veterans? What it means exactly, the VA hasn't issued a statement on this as of uh, right now. And that's interesting. Anyone that has a, a claim resulting in, in addressing uh, uh, pain should uh, contact a veteran service officer and pursue this by way of an appeal. So uh, I think, Gary, that this is a subject with this particular issue, with this decision, we, we, we really need to talk about this in detail on another show, and maybe we can add some other issues out there that we just don't know about that had the same kind of, a, of, a, of impact. So uh, this is an attention getter. And you know how we feel that we have to be just uh, decimated with pain uh, uh, through our lives, that you can be compensated with it. And, it and, 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 and the court went on further to say that the law doesn't tell the VA to award compensation for injury, but for the disabling disability caused by the injury. That is why if you have a greater disability, you normally have a lesser poten- earning potential or a lesser enjoyment of life that someone with a lesser disability, therefore you are awarded greater compensation for that disability to make up for your reduced earning capability. So that is a significant connection there in terms of your earning potential for the rest of your life. Right. That's something else. And Bill, that's a really good story. Is there, with all your contacts, uh, what's the possibility of maybe getting somebody from the VA on to give us a breakdown on this? Well, we, we, we'll go that route. And look, we've got a good friend that we've had on before, Dan Helmuth. And maybe if Dan is listening today, uh, we're going to come searching for him. <laughs> well, <laughs> for some reason, it just didn't sound right. <laughs> We're gonna search it. Well, why not? We need that. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It sure do. And uh, Bill, uh, you know, well, you have the honor of introducing our good friend and guest, uh, and, and Glenn Towery. Why don't you go ahead and tell our audience a little bit more about him? And Gary, it's always a pleasure and an honor to introduce Glenn Towery. He's the chairman and founder of the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel. Decorated combat veteran. Glenn served in uh, Vietnam during the war as a quartermaster aboard the USS Rupertus, a destroyer DD-851 from 1971 to 1972. Glenn uh, has had a long career as a stage actor before 
leaving the Navy. Acting was one of his few, uh, one of the few things that his PTSD would allow him to go through. It would be years before he understood that he suffered with that condition. And Glenn has been contributing to the veterans uh, community in so many ways. And we'll get a chance to hear what he's doing here now uh, most recently. Glenn Tyree, welcome again to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, Glenn. Thank you so much, Bill. I, I always enjoy being here with you and Gary whenever I get the opportunity. I, and I would like to start off today's um, our talk today with a little joke, if I may. Sure, <laughs> sure can. Okay, because we talk about, such, every time I'm on, we always talk about some very heavy stuff. And, you know, I'm doing the AVA Fest, and we're learning that comedy and laughter and dance and art and all of that is a great form of healing. Well, there was this master sergeant that had uh, served 30 years in the military, and he was suffering with PTSD from several different conditions. And, and one of the things was his soldiers cursed a lot, you know, whenever there was pressure. And so whenever he heard cursing, that would send him off the deep end because it, it, uh, it reminded him of some of the things he had went through, his PTSD condition. And so he decided when he retired to, to go and buy himself a parrot. He bought a used parrot. And the guy told him, he said, this is a very good parrot. This parrot was with a, a, a lonely old lady for about... 20 years, and it's very nice. It's docile and everything. And the guy said, hmm. He said, well, I think the parrot uh, is going to be good company. So he bought the parrot, and he took the parrot home. And as soon as he got inside the house and put the parrot in the cage, the parrot started cursing up a storm. <laughs> the parrot was saying words that he hadn't even never heard. He was cursing in other languages. It was so <laughs> bad that that the sergeant was like, oh, my God, this is driving me crazy. I don't know what to do. So he called the uh, people up and he said well i you know you said that this was a nice bird but this bird is cursing up a storm even my neighbors can hear it and the guy says well all sales are final sir we we don't want to have the bird back ourselves so the sergeant sat there for a minute he was listening to all of this cursing finally he just got fed up he had enough he went picked up the bird opened up the freezer put the bird in the freezer closed the door Waited a few minutes, and the cursing stopped. Went back after a few minutes, opened up the freezer, took the bird out, set him on the counter. Bird walked up to him and said, Excuse me, sir, I'm so very sorry for the way that my voice sounded and those terrible words that I was saying, and I promise you that I will work on my attitude from now on. Um, I just have one question for you, because I want to make sure that I do not offend you in any other way. What did that chicken in the freezer do? (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) So anyway, I I wanted to start us off with a with a little laughter, you know. Speaking of uh, what did the chicken in the freezer do, I, 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 at one time I was like 
that that parrot, you know, and I was seeing the chickens in the freezers, and I was wondering what I could do to help those chickens in the freezer because I was one of them myself, and that's how I got involved with creating the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel. I've never done anything like this before in my life, uh, but I've never let that stop me from trying to do anything that might benefit others, and that's what it's been. It's been a try. It's been trial for me. It's been hit and miss. I've, I've had some successes with the channel. And I've fallen down on my face uh, several times. But um, since we were founded in 2015, I've always managed somehow by, by the grace of God and the help of others uh, who are like-minded and who have um, a great feeling to want to help veterans to, to be able to keep the channel going. Right. So, no, I mean, uh, Glenn, why don't we go ahead and take a break? That way, when we come back, we can get right into the story about the VSP channel. Is that okay? That sounds great. All right. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. 
Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Glenn Tari, with the VSP channel. Glenn, welcome yeah. to the show again. And uh, also, you. tell us, why don't you tell us how everything started? I mean, uh, you, you, you had an idea and you moved ahead with it, which is great. So yeah, why don't you, you know, that? it was very interesting because I moved from California to Texas in 2013. At that time, I was actually, um, that's, it was prophetic because I, I actually was a gold medalist for the National Veterans Creative Arts Festival in Milwaukee, which was quite oh. an honor for as an artist because they only pick about 70 artists uh, in the world to participate uh, every year. So I happened to be one of them, and I enjoyed it. And when I came back, I heard, came back to Texas is where I moved. I moved from California to Texas. I heard this um, on the news. I had never heard it before in California that 22 veterans a day were committing suicide. I had this degree that um, I got, a film degree. And I had never been able to use it because of my illness and because of some of my other responsibilities that I, that I had when, when I was dealing with theater and the arts. And so I decided, I said, well, maybe, maybe I could, what could I do? The question was, what could I do within the sphere of my knowledge to try to help alter that situation? And I said, well, I got this degree in film and television that I've never used, so I think maybe I could create a channel. And it all began, you know, from that. Actually, what happened was, okay, it was on my mind. And then I went to visit my sister. My sister is a, uh, is a United States Marine, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine, <laughs> and, <laughs> in Louisiana. And when I got there, uh, I had first time I visited her in her new place. And when I got there, she decided she was going to take us for a catfish dinner. And we went out for the catfish dinner. And as we were getting ready to leave, she had animals. She turned the television on, and there was some balls going back and forth and some barking. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? And the dogs came beautifully and sat there in front of the television. And she said, oh, that, that's, uh, that's, it was like doggy TV or something like that. I was like, mm -hmm. they got TV for dogs? Yep. And <laughs> it hit me like a brick. I mean, I felt almost like kind of, a little kind of angry about it. I was like, which I love pets, don't get me wrong, but I was like, they got a television channel for pets and they don't have one for vets? And when I got in the car, I told my wife, I said, I just had an epiphany. And the epiphany was, I said, we're going to create a television channel to help veterans, something that that uh, gives them information, gives them encouragement, gives them shows, gives them something positive to look forward to every day and to wage war against the depression that uh, is causing so many deaths via suicide from veterans. And my wife said, okay. I didn't have any, you know, to me, when you say something like that, it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be something. This is going to be easy. It's not easy, but it is a labor of love. And, um, you know, right now we, we have become maybe, I wouldn't even say, uh, we've become about one-tenth of what the vision is. Uh, but we're here. And we're thriving, and uh, and we and people are finding us every day. I get um, um, 
emails regarding our channel, especially our resource. I think our resource area has really, really gotten a lot of attention because we have a nice resource area there thanks to uh, the work of my board members uh, who are pretty much spread out all over the nation, um, but they are some really great uh, people. And um, every day we get uh, some notices, people asking about the resource area on our website and organizations wanting to, to join that area because it's just such a fantastic area. So if you're a veteran out there and you're listening and you need to have resources for, for whatever you may need, if you need emergency assistance, if you need long, long-term long assistance, if you need information, if you have problems with alcoholism, if you have been exposed to asbestos if, while serving, if you have, you know, we have, I, I invite you to come to the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel, look for our resource center, and chances are that there is someone there, there is some organization there that can be a benefit to you. So uh, that's kind of the story of that. What we're doing right now, though, I want to talk to you guys about is the ABA Fest. Yeah, okay, we're listening. Okay, so now, the Austin Veterans Art Festival. That's the ABA Fest. This came about because we started doing, um, uh, we, were, we were trying to do a show, which we never really got the money to do, uh, called uh, Foods as Medicine. With, we had two really great chefs, and one of the chefs actually was a White House chef at the time who was working with us. And so... <clears throat> Starting to uh, do the research, we began to understand just how powerful medicine is, uh, food, good food is. And through that residual effort, because I'm an artist too, I began to understand that art is a powerful tool for healing. So um, I guess it was quite natural that we gravitated to uh, creating this festival. The ABA Fest, or the Austin Veterans Art Festival, is created as a national festival for veterans and their family members. That's because uh, the channel, our channel, has taken on a philosophy that we don't believe it's possible to, to help veterans without including their families. So we take a holistic approach. So in the veterans in the Austin Veterans Art Fest Festival, which by now you probably figured out uh, is going to be happening in the beautiful city of Austin, Texas, which just loves veterans. If you've never been to Texas, I want to tell you, Texas has a very particular love for veterans and military people. I mean, if uh, you if you wear a military cap and you get off the plane in Texas, before you get to the curbside, at least five people are going to say thank you for your service, if not more. And that was one of the other things that endeared me about being in Texas is its love and support of veterans. As a matter of fact, the city of Austin, I'm so proud of that city because they have a zero tolerance for homelessness for veterans. If you see a veteran in the city of Austin that is homeless, uh, basically, it's because that veteran has decided that they did not want to avail themselves of some of the services that are offered because uh, the mayor there, his name is Steve Adler, had uh, uh, proclaimed a zero tolerance 
for uh, homelessness for veterans in the city of Austin. So, and, and it's not just words. They have programs and everything set up. So to get back to this, um, so what happened was uh, one day I just got this idea. I said, you know, art is so powerful. It's been so powerful in my life. About two years ago, I have PTSD, and I stopped taking my medicine because the medicine that I had been on for several years because I was having deficit attention problems while working with the channel. I would be having board meetings sometimes where I would have lapses in thought. I, I wouldn't even hear the people talking on the other end. I would just, you know, my mind would just go blank for a minute. And I began to realize that this was the deleterious, the other side of the effects of the medicine that I would, had been taking. And so what prompted me was I went and I talked to a uh, friend and, and I talked to my wife, and I realized that I was doing, by attending my PTSD groups and by continuing my artwork, I, and it was a good way for me to mitigate the circumstances of, and, and the effects of the PTSD from which I was suffering. The, it turned out I started painting more, much more. And that painting, I could see, when I could, would get through painting, I could see my problems I could see that my issues somehow appearing in that work, and I realized that it was being very therapeutic. And I talked to other artists because I know a lot of artists here, and they were telling me this very same thing, that art was so powerful. And I looked online, and I began to understand how that art is a form of meditation. It's a way for the subconscious mind to be able to release with, uh, without giving harm the things that need to be released from the from the conscious from the unconscious mind and get it into the conscious world, thereby giving us relief. And so I created. I came up with this idea. I said I'm going to go talk with the city council of Austin and see if they will be amenable to creating an art festival that will promote the use of art for veterans and their family members as a form of healing. A national art festival that will bring art to the forefront and also other alternative methods of healing other than art that no one really talks about but that are there. And lo and behold, when I started going to the city councils out here and I met with the, with the city council and the mayor himself of the city of Austin, and I told him the idea, we received nothing but goodwill. And so now, then a few weeks later, I got a letter from um, the person who is in charge of the cultural centers in the city of Austin. There are four cultural centers there. They're beautiful places, all four of them. And they gave us all four of the cultural centers for the festival. The festival is now scheduled for October 18th through November 17th, 2019 in the city of Austin. And I've got a group of volunteers. No one who is working on this project is being paid a dime. But that's how much goodwill that we have. We have people right now, as a matter of fact, I have a meeting tomorrow, and every meeting is... Uh, action-packed, every meeting is well attended, and we're in the planning stages of planning this wonderful art festival. Now, everybody's art isn't going to be in a museum. 
but we do have museums and we do have cultural centers that are, that are activated. And it's not only art from which you paint or sculpt or, uh, or, uh, or put together any kind of mosaic on a, on a, um, on a, uh, on, um, on any kind of level of art that you do, but it's also singing, acting, dancing, comedy. You know, the VFW just came out. I believe it was the VFW. I'm, I'm a member of the VFW, the American Legion, the, and uh, the DAV. And so sometimes it's hard for me to remember which magazine comes out with what. But I believe it was at the beginning of the year, the January issue of the VFW magazine talked about, it was either that or February, the power of comedy for helping veterans to heal from PTSD. Do you know that laughing is, that laughter is good medicine? Oh, yes. It really oh, is. That's why I wanted to start off this show with a joke to, to <laughs> illustrate that, the, that, that if, when you laugh, there's so many positive things. There's the science right now being done on what laughter does in, with the, the, inside the body when you, when you do it. And if you get a chance, if you like to look at technical stuff and understand how things work, you know, you just go online and Google how laughter, uh, how laughter uh, works in the body. Because laughter is a curative thing. It, it, um, it controls more than just your mental state, but laughter is just good for for you for the entirety of your body. So we are planning to have a big comedy contingent at this festival. Uh, we're looking for uh, veterans and poetry right now. We're going to do a poetry slam. And for those of you who are in the motorcycles and in the cars, we are planning a great, a wonderful motorcycle and car show from, and we're inviting veterans and their family members and just people with great cars if they have them, if they want to share them with veterans, you know, from around the nation to bring those items here and put them on display for the Austin Veterans Art Festival. All right. We'll have to remember everybody make reservations. We'll have, have to have you back on uh, a couple months before all this occurs. That way we can get everybody to attend. Absolutely. Now, now Bill, I know you have a question. Well, it's, I, I've got a comment, Gary. And, uh, sure. you know, after listening uh, to, Gary, uh, to Glenn, not just today, but, you know, in the past, you know, we in the veterans community, we we owe a, a a high debt of gratitude to creativity, being able to be creative and to uh, generate uh, kinds of activities for men and women who serve the country, who come back with uh, the uh, injuries and illnesses that are. Uh, some are seen and some are uh, uh, invisible, and especially in the area of uh, post-traumatic stress and, 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 uh, and traumatic brain injury. Uh, and, and being creative in a lot of cases uh, is an inexpensive way of addressing that situation, Gary. And when you think about creativity versus the care, the mental health care that the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs uh, is responsible for providing to us, 
right now, you know, we're in a deficit with the Choice Program in particular, being able to have access to that because the money is pretty much dried up uh, uh, for our veterans to be able to use this. So those kinds of ways that, and, 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 and you can get to this a lot faster in terms of things that Glenn is doing with this, uh, this art uh, project that he has in the city of Austin, Texas, versus trying to get the, 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 the VA to do what it needs to do as far as helping our folks. And I think more creativity, uh, uh, maybe, maybe we should identify uh, uh, Glenn as the ambassador for creative thinking in the veteran community. But Glenn, Creativity. Yeah. I mean, this is this is outstanding, my friend. Well, and here's the thing about creativity: you don't need the VA to do it. You don't need any, right. any anything but yourself and a few supplies. If you got a pencil and paper, you can be creative. You know, and and that's the great thing uh, about tapping into tapping into uh, your creativity. Your uh, creating. A world, you know, part of the thing with mindfulness is that we, uh, that's why art, I think, is so powerful, that uh, with, especially with PTS, we, we tend to think back to traumatic incidents in a way that resonates and brings back all of the emotional content, everything that happened or most everything that happened with that incident. And that plagues us and that makes us, you know, feel those emotions again and they they tend to linger and not go away. Well, just like mindfulness, what art does is art takes the conscious mind away from that and puts the conscious mind into an activity that allows the subconscious mind then to be able to process those things without bringing all of that emotional content and harm. And by using art as a conduit, you can release it through the artwork that you're doing while you're doing it. That's why you heard me say, sometimes I see the, my problems in the art that, and, you know, I'm a painter, I paint clocks. And sometimes I see the stuff that's bothering me, you know, I see it. Most people probably wouldn't see it, but I see it right there in the artwork that I just did. I see it in the colors. I see it in the shapes and the forms. I see it in um, in the subject matter. I see it in so many things, but I, I begin to understand that had I tried to deal with that without creativity, it would have probably brought me harm, and I would have been, you know, depressed by it. But in doing it using creativity, you know, I'm kind of overjoyed, and I kind of have a good feeling about it because now it's expressed in a form of art. And that's, that's, that's so important, uh, Glenn, because, you know, being able to observe that, it creates a situation for you to pause, to think, and reflect. And I, and I, I like to think that when we're reflecting, we're thinking about positive things, we're thinking about good things and uh, you know uh, what is involved in the post-traumatic stress and TBI that 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 for that moment however long it is and and being able to reflect relieves us of having to be concerned about that and that's I I think that's where uh, uh, this uh, approach is going to go for us helping ourselves by working together 
Now, and in all fairness to the VA, the VA does has recognized they do uh, almost I think every VA medical center does have art therapy, and yeah. and that's a good thing. Uh, but they don't give it the same emphasis as they do, uh, say, versus some kind of pill that they want to give you or some type of PTSD group that they want to have or, for instance, like a mindfulness group or something like that. It, you know, sometimes the emphasis that you put on something um, can make all of the difference. It's sort of like a, it, the way the VA kind of offers it, it's sort of like, a, like a, uh, a side dish to the main course. And what we're saying is we want to create art. We want art to be looked at as part of the main course of treatment. That, uh, and, we, we know, and we understand we have a lot of veterans that just, uh, they're not artists. They just won't, uh, you know, they just don't have any inclination towards any kind of art whatsoever. But they have family members that do, and they can also... Uh, participate vicariously through someone they love and, uh, and open up conversations and uh, also, uh, you know, through that di- dynamic uh, relationship of their, with their family member, begin to find a form of healing through the art that they're seeing them do as well. And who knows, like I had a veteran uh, who's one of my board members who has never picked up a paintbrush. Uh, was very interesting about two months ago uh, he came over to my home and uh, with his granddaughter because he knows that my wife and I both are artists and he had asked us if we would talk to share with his granddaughter and I told him I said yeah we told him yeah but when he got there I had set up because I know him I had set up two easels with with uh, two canvases, and painting supplies for both of them. And I said, the both of you are going to paint together. And he went for it, <laughs> hook, line, and sink. Uh, and you should see this guy, he's never painted before in his life, but he painted a, a rather interesting piece of work with his granddaughter and created a memory that I think will live with the both of them for the rest of their lives. And uh, and I asked him, how was it? And he said, Glenn, he said, I will never forget this experience. He actually put his painting up. And I know that that was therapeutic for him, and I know that that was good for his daughter, too. And if you get a chance, I'm going to um, send you guys the video. The grand, his, his granddaughter, I said his daughter, his granddaughter, she is wise beyond her years, and she says something on that video that, just uh, it goes along that is wiser than anything that I have said on this show. And we're talking about an 11-year-old girl. And basically what she said was, she said, whenever I'm having problems, she says, I, because she's an artist, she says, what I do is I paint, and I paint it out, and I feel so much better afterwards. This is from the mouth of an 11-year-old child. From the mouths of babes. From the mouth of babes. All right. That's unbelievable. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Glenn Towery, with the VSP channel. And Glenn, did you ever, I was just thinking about all your artwork, and you, you do a lot of clocks. Most of them are clocks, correct? Yes, most of them okay. are clocks. That's all I paint now, are clocks. Yeah. Now, how about those times? I'm, I'm thinking, are, did you ever coordinate those times that you have on the painting with the clock and thinking, uh, was, it, was it during a uh, coming up VA appointment that you had? Does the time show you anything when you think about it? You know, I'm still trying to figure out what my fascination with time is. Uh, one thing Maybe. I think is that is that what you were asking me? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One one thing I think, because uh, I've had a couple of people ask me, say, what's your, what's your fascination with time? Well, I think that maybe that I began to understand. I'll be 66. Our uh, father allows me to, to see that May 15th, which I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. Um, And I look back on my life, and I look back at everything that I've encountered, and I really began to understand, I think, that, you know, time is the most precious gift that God has given to existence, because without time, there could be no existence. And so we have this wonderful thing called time and 
what I think I try to do because, um, you know, I'm, I, to, I'll tell you the truth. I'm, I'm, prob- I'm probably not uh, the most gifted artist that you will find. I am very passionate, though. <laughs> I'm a very passionate artist. So I think I preserve understanding. I think part of it is that it's my way of chronicling not only my life and making sense out of it, but also chronicling the things that, that I, other things that I paint that have happened in the world and trying to rationalize and make sense of that in the scope of period of time. I'm a, I'm a relatively young artist, I mean, in terms of artist years. I started painting in 2010, and um, I have less than 100 clocks that I've painted uh, since then. And some people say, well, that's a lot, and some people will say that's not very many. But there's this, this artist, uh, World War, and I want you guys to look this gentleman up. Very interesting. A World War One veteran from the 369th uh, Battalion, Harlem Hellfighters. His name is Horace Pippin. Uh, he's a very famous uh, artist now. He wasn't at the time that he was doing art. He did become more famous in his life. He, he, he was somewhat discovered while he was alive. But Horace Pippin um, painted some, did some outstanding work. Um, and, and I believe that through art, he was one of the, one of the first veterans that we know of that um, used art to help him with his experience. Because, you know, World War I was, was, was a trench war. I don't know if, if some of the viewers out there don't understand what a trench war is. It was exactly like it, it sounds like. They dug a lot of furrows and trenches and stuff, and so they fought from trench to trench. It was a lot of barbed wire. It was a lot, you know, it was, uh, it was one of those kind of really, really, really uh, gutsy type of uh, hard, hard-to-fight type of wars where men were uh, lined up, inside the trenches uh, 24-7 trying to, you know, the objective was to take over the other guy's trench until you took them all over and then you won the war. That was sort of like uh, the thing. And so he was wounded. I don't know if you know who the 369th uh, Battalion was, but they were known as the Harlem Hellfighters. And uh, they didn't call themselves that. They were all black unit. They weren't even really allowed to um, the uh, to fight on the American side. But before they were um, requisitioned by the French, all they did was uh, dig dig trenches and and do supplies and stuff like that. And uh, a French general came over and saw them uh, doing a, a workout, and, and he was so impressed, he asked for them. And uh, they said, well, uh, okay, well, because we don't, we don't use them to fight because we don't believe black guys can fight. And um, we, don't believe, you know, we believe that the first time that somebody shoots at them, they're going to you know, haul and run. And um, so the French took them, and lo and behold, these guys almost single-handedly, the 369th, uh, won that war uh, because they uh, were given that they, they call themselves the 
the, the Harlem Rattlers. The, the, the term hell fighters came from the Germans. <laughs> the Germans called them hell fighters, and it stuck. And so from now on, from, from that point on, they were known as the Harlem uh, Hell Fighters, and they're the most decorated, uh, not a uh, um, unit that we know of in modern warfare. They, the top award that the French government gave out was uh, called the, it's a cross. It's, I can't say it in French. It's the Croix. There's something. The gear. Yes. So... They gave them more, they gave the 369th more than 500 of those, which should tell you something, <laughs> because it wasn't a, an award that they handed out like, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, like pancakes. So these guys really uh, acquitted themselves well. Right. So at any rate, this guy, Horace Pippen, when he came back, he was wounded, and Horace Pippen started painting, and, and I truly believe that, the, his paintings were a way for him to um, self-heal. He used art. You know, he's probably one of the first documented um, artists to use art as a form of healing because they didn't even have a, uh, the VA system that we have now for those fighters that came back in uh, World War One. You know, the VFW was, I don't think, was in existence. It may have been being formed. Um, the American Legion definitely wasn't in existence yet. And, um, and so these organizations were formed after these guys came back and then uh, wounded, the, the, the sick and wounded came back, and they said, well, wow, we got to do something for the veterans, and the veterans got together. And, uh, Bill, you know more about this than I do. <laughs> well, Glenn, we only have a couple minutes left uh, that hour went just totally uh, snuck up on me. <laughs> wow! And uh, uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. And you know, you know, as always, we'll have you back. And uh, why don't you? You just want to share anything with our audience before we uh, in closing? Before we leave? Yes, absolutely. Tell people about the Austin Veterans Art Festival. Tell them about how we're using art to heal veterans. This is an important breakthrough. This is important, and it's not only for veterans, because we know that if family members, if veterans are suffering, family members are suffering too. And we need to get the suffering out everywhere in a veteran's life. And so I want you to visit www.avafest.com. Dot org to learn more about the Austin Veterans Art Festival. That's www.avafest.org. And don't forget to visit the channel. The Veterans Suicide Prevention Channel belongs to the veterans. It was created by veterans. It's run by veterans. And we are doing everything that we can for the betterment of veterans and their family members. And visit right. us at www.vsbchannel.com. And I'm your host, Gary Ray, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Be safe out there, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America.